one of the functions it plays is around they held a lot of uh, ascension initiations there. So like Master Yeshua, he spent a lot of time in Egypt with uh, many others that he went through initiation processes with. This one to me is different. This is about regeneration and healing. And so one thing I realized is that the energy coming through is going coming in and going out. So it's two-way. It's a two-way energy stream. And it's, so it's beaming out energy from this planet out to the heavens, to those of the stars that are connected to us. So within the 22 galaxy systems, the diamond-shaped galaxies. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Hello and welcome to another hour, Accentuating the Positive. I'm your host, Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective, whom I've called blissful beings. On Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media diet that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you. Welcome to another show, Accentuate the positive with Karen Swain, exploring different realms of consciousness, expanding awareness and, you know, just having a lovely time really. Just get to talk to delicious people who do interesting things that fascinate me. And we've got another one today. I've got the gorgeous Julia Smith with me who's a transformational energy worker and a earth grid light worker. There we go. Is that right? Did I get it right? <laughs> yes, you got it right. Thank you so much, Karen. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the show, Julia. Look, I saw Julia. Look, we've known each other for quite a few years. Yeah. She's in Sydney. She's a Sydney girl. I'm a Sydney girl. We run in the same sort of healing circles here. Yeah. And I bumped into you recently at Mother Mira, who is out here, who's this beautiful sage guru spiritual what does she call herself actually i've had a chat with her and she hates being called guru but she <laughs> brings down the paramatma light she does beautiful sort of meditation healings gorgeous and we bumped into each other and you said i've just come back from the bosnian pyramids and i'm going to talk all about it at the academy of light so i went to see your talk and i was just fascinated at your talk it's just amazing what's going on there and because you're an energy grid light worker and a transformational healer, you could tune into the energies, you know, better than most. So we've put this together to tell our audience all about what's going on over there in Bosnia. Do you want to start off with how you found out about the Bosnian pyramids? Yeah. Um, well, my journey started about 10 years ago uh, via an epiphany. So I'd always been very sensitive as a child empathetic but really I sort of for me was quite painful because I didn't know what was happening and so you sort of just get through childhood and then about 10 years ago I had this epiphany and it just changed the whole course of my life anyway regarding the pyramids 
I heard about them when they were first discovered by um, Dr. Samir Osmanipic, and I just knew immediately I wanted to go there. Uh, and then it was followed on by the thought of, well, he's only just found them. So, look, even if I was to go, there was not really much to actually see. He hadn't done any excavation yet. Um, he had just um, realised what they were and was putting together his plan of what he was going to be doing. So how long ago was that? How long ago did he discover them? He realised um, this in 2005. So he's actually um, PhD um, educated. He's a really clever guy in sociology and anthropology and in politics and economics. So he's actually not trained as an archaeologist, but he has this knowledge of ancient civilizations. And so he went to Visakol in uh, Bosnia to go and see a museum and just was walking down the street. And you know how you just stop in those moments? You're just like in your flow and you just look around and he goes, like, that looks like a pyramid to me. Yeah. And he just knew in his heart that he knew it. Yeah. And so this kicked him off on a whole different trajectory. So the whole, it, to me, that was a whole divine orchestration yeah. of his path, kicking off on his mission, which was to uncover these pyramids, go through the motions of bringing it into global awareness. And, you know, he's actually um, hit many brick walls on bringing this forward to the world because of what's going on in archaeology. So this is something I realised um, quite a few years ago is, to me, archaeology is becoming a split field in that you get those in the mainstream who want to stick with the traditional findings and historical timelines, and then you get the factor X left field people who actually want to practise true science. And he fell into that category. It's fascinating. It's happening in all fields. It's happening in healing. Like I've been in the healing field since I can remember and watching, you know, the mainstream allopathic healing and then the naturopaths came along yeah. and the vitamin takers. Because, you know, years ago when I was studying as a naturopath, I was 30 years ago, Doctors didn't even like, oh, vitamins, all that sort of hippie yeah. stuff, you know, like, and just watching that split from people on the leading edge and mainstream, mainstream trying to stick to what they've always known and then people changing the game. And yeah. that's what this discovery is doing. It's changing the game. It's yeah. totally changing the game. And, you know, it's, it's once again, it's the incremental journey of the soul. Yeah. So it's, but even collectively, we were having to relearn all these things about who we are, where we came from, and what our capabilities are. Yeah. And so, look, you know, I really honour this man. I bow down to him. I tell you, he has done an amazing job of sticking to his guns, his tenacity. He's a Serbian. He was born and raised in Sarajevo. And so he's very familiar with the land there. And in my opinion... His whole divine masculine has been activated through this process because he started off in his left brain with gathering information, um, applying known knowledge, yeah. and then having to open into there's more to this than meets the eye. Yeah. And this is something we're all, this is the journey we're all going through, is understanding the layers of our true self. Yeah, absolutely. When you were doing your talk, you were talking about his opening journey and, and some yeah. of the things that he's implementing there for the mainstream because a lot it is attracting a lot of tourists. Yeah. And, um, and we're going to have a look at that later. But I just wanted to get back to your journey. So he discovered these in 2005 and you said that 
you had an epiphany only 10 years ago, so around 2007. Yes, that's right. Let's just go into that a little bit. What yes. happened? Oh, what happened? Okay, so uh, I'd had my, had my daughter, so I was parenting, and she was in about year six, so she was about 12. Yeah. And I was hitting this brick wall within myself of feeling um, very, I started getting very anxious, and I'd always been, because I was sensitive, I always went, the anxiety was my place to go. Right. But I, my background's actually in sharebroking in finance. Wow. So this is very left brain, and I kept knowing I had to go into this side of this intuitive side of myself. And um, so I, I decided when she went into year seven, I was going to take like the year off. It was my year. And I was going to start doing a lot of meditation and I was working part time. But my other days of the week were all about this self investigation. And so I was literally just sitting there with a cup of tea and I was percolating the question, which is a profound question of how on earth are we all one? Like, what the hell does that mean? Like, what? <laughs> and like my left brain's going, not computing, we're all individual, like you're over there, I'm over here. And I sat with my, and I went off into this space and I, at that stage I didn't know I was very good at meditation. Yeah. I went totally within, I was in that black void space, I can remember very clearly. And I asked that question, I said, I want to know how are we all one? And bam, like right in the third eye were the words sound, vibration and frequency as energy. And so I'm going, literally I was stunned and I was at my computer and I went like this and just started typing in those keywords. And then it was just all synchronistic from there. I was trained as a child in music and sound therapy as a uh, frequency Everything about that just flowed in. Within four months, I had the equipment. I had met musicians who write the music about brainwave patterning, around um, unlocking the vibration in certain parts of our body, um, the books. It was just everybody just came in. And so then I started opening into becoming a therapist. Yeah. And yeah. Like a sound therapist, like you were using sound. Yeah, that's right. It's, that's so beautiful. How are we all one? If you look at music like that's how we interpret usually interpret sound I mean this is sound too talking but music is a way to interpret that there are so many voices so many different genres of music so many different vibrations and frequency and yet it's all music or it's all sound it's all one but it's so different yes yeah the same about sight too it's like you're looking, it's all sight, but it's all so different. Well, see, sound something the sight is around colour mm. and the sound is around auditory. Mm. And so to me they're the same frequencies, but we receive them and, and interpret them differently. Mm. So the way our whole body is interacting with them, like we're having an interface, if mm. you like, mm. from the energy field around us through this physical body. And once it sort of hits the, um, the chakras and the meridian lines, you start to physicalise. Yes. And so that's, I also then started looking into cellular memory and like the brain is not the, the only storage unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so over the years I started out with the sound healing um, and with my table, which I've got 61 frequencies, which are tones, which are hertz frequency. Yeah, you've got that beautiful crystal. Uh, and the harp. All that harp. It's yeah. like all these 
the chi, crystal, crystal. They're the ten transformational tones and hertz frequency. Mm. Um, so it literally talks to our DNA, mm. to the cells in our body, showing them how to actually operate. Because I have this theory around our bodies have sort of forgotten, mm-hmm. which is like this is part of the awakening. Mm-hmm. Is remind the reminder of how to do it optimally. And so then the shedding starts. And you know how all this dovetails with the pyramids? Mm. Those, that civilization, because I was having a bit of a chat to my mob last night before I went to bed, like, <laughs> who built those pyramids? And um, they were telling me it was, it was not our human civilization as our recorded history understands it. Yes. So it was another civilization, but yet they were earth civilization but really from the stars they were really a galactic civilization and that's exactly yeah the information i received too and they understood all this that we're talking about this you know years and years ago i read in the seth books that he talked about a civilized or they or it, it you know he was that was a channeled message in the 60s through jane roberts so we'll call him a he for now um that there wasn't a civilization that lived on our earth Mm. it's not in our recorded history, it's not even Lemurian or Atlantean, Yes, that what they did was they genetically um, bred out the violence in their race, mm. the aggression in their race. And what happened was they became so passive that they couldn't defend themselves against the weather and they actually moved and lived underground. Yes. They were a highly technologically advanced race and they used sound for everything, yes. to propel their vehicles, to yes. propel their bodies, to paint with. They used sound to cook with everything. Like sound yes. was the energy of their time. Yes. It's so, like electricity for us. Yeah. was for them. Yeah. And it's just the harnessing. And this is what I believe we're opening into now. Like, you know, I'll be very interested to see where um, Dr. Sam, as, as we call him, goes because he's right onto energy now. Yeah. He's really into this has a purpose and he's gone down the road of actually using the tools we have available today to record what is going on with the energy there, uh, what type of energy it is, what um, the frequency levels it is, and how it's interacting with our bodies. And he's even teaching the children, he's got children's programs now, teaching them how to energetically connect with nature. When I visited the pyramids, the first thing that happened for me was my whole body went into a recalibration, feeling really sick mode as I had to let like what needed to shed because obviously this is part of my, the way I'm unfolding is through earth grid work, which is I'm giving to the earth, but I'm receiving what I need to un- unlock me, unlock my DNA, unlock the cellular memory of where I have come from and what my journey previously has been through various different lineages and various different timelines. And so I started to realise I have a recalibration going and hello, I hope it doesn't take too long because I'm here now. Like I want to actually enjoy and get into the whole experience and not be having to, to deal with my body. And actually even before I had got to the pyramids, I was on a massive, massive transformation beyond what I had really experienced before because I've now started becoming aware of my galactic lineage. Yeah. So my Pleiadian lineage, my uh, lineage back to Orion and Andromeda, mm-hmm. and I'm currently working with the energies of Sirius. Mm-hmm. And I had so much physical pain in my body. It was 
phenomenal. It was really difficult to manage. And I actually didn't really understand it. Like I wasn't getting like post-it notes <laughs> giving me the specifics. So it actually quite in the unknown, it was forcing me to learn surrender on a really deep level because a lot of these energies were coming in through my feet and it was very, very painful how they moved through my, my physical body. It felt like an invasion. But when I got to the pyramids and I was in my network once again, I started to actually be able to tap into different people's, you know, connections. And I was told I had beings from three different galaxies rewiring me completely. And so then you can let go a little bit easier thinking, oh, I've actually been trying to get rid of this <laughs> because it was really hurting. And now when you can relax a little bit, the pain isn't as much. I know. No, Look, it's so Julia, weird. I went through it just a few weeks before you did. You know, yes, you were saying that. Yeah. And, but I knew because I asked my guides, what's going on? Yes, And they said, right. just be still, just be still. But it just feels like crap. It but that, you know, such a, oh, such a lesson in being deliberate because yes. when you're going through pain, in order to allow it and not resist it, like, I don't want this, I don't want this, this hurts, this hurts, that's the resistance, right, which yeah. makes the pain worse Yeah. instead of just, like, sitting back and going, it's okay, it's okay, it's all good, it's all good. Yeah. So I was oscillating like you between, oh, and then, okay, it's all good. But, yeah, like, you feel mm. significantly different after that. You do, After and especially when your awareness is broadened into just enough detail that you can um, just allow the process a lot, like just step back into yourself basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and also when I found out I had arrived at the pyramids and so the energies there are very regenerating. Yeah. The yeah. other information that came forward is that these pyramids are a portal down to the halls of Amenti. And so the halls of Amenti, which is an interdimensional place deep within the earth and I, this is one of my lineages is back to the halls of Amenti and I thought oh my god like synchronistically I've ended up in this portal back to one of my lineages and so like what's going to happen with that but also being in these incredible healing and regeneration energies which I keep getting like the emerald ray which is just all about regeneration at the cellular level and so it was actually assisting whatever was happening in my body in a really profound way, including in my brain. Like I really feel that our brains are being rewired. So it's all about the left and the right hemispheres working equally and raising our brainwave patterning into the fifth dimension, into that level of thought process, which is a lot more positive. You know, it's yeah. about dropping the critical thinking. Yeah. You know, there's just no, going to be no place for that. Yeah. And we have to learn to the, unlearn the habit even, yeah. let alone the neuron pathways will need to have to disappear over time. So interesting because critical thinking is so addictive. Yeah. And I watch, you know, I watch our television programs. It's all these sort of sleuth-type yeah. um, murder mysteries. Yes. Because when we're in 3D, we don't have that insight. We don't have that. Most people have intuition. We're not using it anyway. And so murder mysteries like the who done it becomes like delicious because you've got to figure it out as opposed to just like intuit it. Yes. It's exactly right. Critical thinking. Yeah. Oh, people love it. Critical thinking. Oh, they do. It's that, um, well, it's the left brain analysis process. Yeah. This thing, am I right? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel comes into it, which is obviously like our ego. And so then once again, we're having to surrender the ego into, well, let's just play with this. Yeah. You know, let's use the intuition. And, you know, it's also about being present in the now. You know, we're already there. It's just we're playing the game of the excitement of the mystery now. Yeah. You know, and this is what I found a lot with these trips is I've really learned about, look, obviously you need to schedule so much of it, but then you've just got to let go and just see where it's going to take you. And, you know, sometimes it might be a known sacred site or it might be just a park and you think there's something going on in this park, I can feel it. And so then the work begins and you organically just open up into um, what's in my kit bag that I need. You start bringing out all those yummy tools and that we love working with and then doing the meditations. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back to your journey with the pyramids. So you arrive in Bosnia. Mm-hmm. You went with your daughter, right? I did. And not only that, I had no idea this was going to happen, but there were 130 people on this tour I, I joined. Mm-hmm. And my, I, I feel for myself in my, my own journey, I, I've been through this major gateway and this a new landscape. I don't quite know what's going on with it, but I was starting there in this new space and I was taking my daughter who's in exactly the same space. So she's just finished a degree in geology. Yeah. But she's very earthy, which obviously is why she's chosen geology. And I was really interested to see she's taken a gap year. She doesn't know what to do with her life. She just went to uni because she didn't know what else to do. She was young and we needed to grow up a bit. And so it was great having her there to actually look at the places Dr. Sam was going to take us and she could actually analyse it from the perspective of a trained person. So she got there and um, the first thing, she, we looked out the window of our hotel and bam, this pyramid is like right there. Like you're in its space already. You don't even have to go for a walk or do anything. It's the largest known pyramid on the planet at this time. So to me, like Dr. Sam does go on about, he's discovered the, the world's largest pyramid, yeah, which is fine. But I thought, well, hello, we haven't discovered more yet. So there could be more uncovered that are larger. Who knows? It is 220 metres high and the Egyptian one is something like 170 metres high. It's significantly bigger. To me, the roles are different. So the one in Egypt to me is one of the functions it plays is around being, um, they held a lot of uh, ascension initiations there. So like um, Master Yeshua, he spent a lot of time in Egypt with uh, many others that he went through initiation processes with. This one to me is different. This is about regeneration and healing. And so one thing I realised is that the energy coming through is going coming in and going out, so it's two-way. It's a two-way energy stream, and it's, so it's beaming out energy from this planet out to the heavens, to those of the stars that are connected to us. So within the 22 galaxy systems, the diamond-shaped galaxies that are connected with us, we're all part of it, we're all one, they can receive information from what's happening on the planet and be able to collect the data and do what they need to be doing. And we receive energy from the heavens through here and then it's processed through the pyramid then going in like this in uh, east-west way and then as it hits the ground it starts to go out in the flower of life and the other thing I've learned since I've been there is this is very unusual for energy like 
the apex isn't actually the most powerful point. It's as it flows out into the land, it becomes more powerful. And so this defies known science. They can't understand why it's doing this. So obviously the way they've constructed it, the beings from the stars with the beings on the planet who actually built the bricks, put it together, have worked out what they want it to do and how to get it to do that. So one of the things actually that he's found within the, the pyramid tunnels, there are these really long maze of tunnels leading up to the pyramid. Within these tunnels, the thing with this site is that different things have occurred at different periods in time. So Dr. Sam has scientifically proven that these, this pyramid is at least 30,000 years old. Due to a fossilised leaf, he found sandwiched between the concrete blocks that the part of the pyramid he's actually excavated. They obviously took a core sample of the dirt going all the way to the, the concrete blocks and then have sent that away for carbon dating. And then as they extracted it, they found this fossilised leaf. So they had, like, something to work with. These tunnels were built 12,000 years ago. To me, that's in that tail end of the, the Atlantean period before Atlantis went down. And there must have been some reason why they decided to build them then. To me, they must have known something was going to be happening and that civilization was going to go into a fall and we needed something to help us reawaken. And so these tunnels were in operation until 5,000 years ago when they suddenly were filled with dirt and then sealed off. And one of the artefacts that Dr. Sam has found was a stone tablet with inscriptions on it, which they've been able to translate. And it's the, basically the message is we have recognised that these tunnels must now be sealed because consciousness has fallen so low we cannot risk these being destroyed or misused because it's too negative now. We must seal these. We are, and they left this stone for us to find so that we knew to open them again and help open the consciousness. And so even since Dr. Sam has found these pyramids in the tunnel and he's been focusing his um, excavations on the tunnels to open the tunnels, which are a maze within there, it's not like a straight line. So people have this healing opportunity. Like he's got 400,000 people going there every year. I know. It's become this massive tourist. Yes. Which is fantastic, you know. Oh, there's so much to say. You know, I, I interviewed Peter last year. Peter, um, I've gone blank on his name, but he built a couple of pyramids in Bali for oh, sound yeah. right? Yeah. But he was telling me that he wants to create this tourist attraction. Yeah. And so tourists come and then they hear the sound, they see the pyramids, they reconnect, they reconnect to that memory and there's all this awakening happening. Yes. Fabulous. It's fabulous. Yeah. Let me ask you, because I remember that you said that he looked at the pyramids and he thought, there are some tunnels. I know there are some tunnels. He did. Yes. And tell us the story. What did he do? Because he's a scientist at heart, he knows he needs evidence. And so he, he understood the theory around what makes a pyramid. And so he has a list of what can, um, theoretically makes a pyramid. So it's about um, the tetrahedral, well, the pyramid shape. So it's the geometry. It's about the golden mean ratio. It's about the 51 degree slope. It's about water courses being available. So the, the Bosna r River runs by, I think there's another river as well, because it fills the aqueducts beneath which they harness the energy from the water. 
but also there are tunnels. And so he knew to look for tunnels. So what he did, he didn't know where they were, obviously, and he'd taken some aerial scans of the land. So he knew there were structures that were man-made with chambers within and he knew where the tunnels were, but how is he going to know where the entrance is? Yeah. Like you could spend your whole life looking for that. Yeah. And so then he realised, well, I was a kid around here and I spent my whole time in the woods. I'm going to ask the kids. Yeah. And so he did. He asked the kids and they're going, saying, have you seen a cave? Like it just sort of like goes downwards. And they're going, actually, yeah, we go there and play their role. And that's how he found these tunnels. Bless the kids. I know. <laughs> like these new kids as well, you know, yeah. they've all been born onto the planet and they're yeah. awake, you know. And so he started digging. And so he's got a lot of, he's got a volunteer program. So if anyone's interested, you can actually apply. And it's an 11-day period. You get to stay there. They feed you and house you and you, you have to dig. But they also take you on a tour around all the pyramids. This is the other thing with the pyramids is that he feels that there are 11 pyramids there. Wow. And so uh, many of them are actually on private property and so he actually can't explore those. So he's actually been buying up a lot of the land. So a lot of the land at the base of the major pyramid, the Pyramid of the Sun, he owns that and he's created this amazing parkland. It's, I went there and I'm going, this guy, does he not stop? He is so phenomenal. To me, it's a 5D park. We actually have somewhere on the planet that is conscious. We can go, if you want to go just for a holiday and spend time somewhere where it's conscious and you can interact with the park and the tunnels and the pyramids. You can climb the pyramids and sit in the top, see how you feel up there, see how you feel over here, over there, and and see how you feel when you leave. Because this is the other thing is he's now starting to do scientific research into the physical effects of sitting in these tunnels with people with illnesses like asthma or you know whatever it is so he's even branched out into this and so in this park he's built sacred structures so there's platforms in the shape of a hexagon you can go and sit and meditate he's got megalithic stones he's planted them in like a little forest into the land and he's put crystals underneath he understands about the magnification abilities of crystals he and he's found these pods in these tunnels and there's sort of like a i'll send you some photos of these pods and they're all different shapes and they thought well what's going on with the pods so they drilled a tiny little hole through clay so it's man-made crystals within Mm. this is when he started realizing i have to move out of my scientific left brain into my right brain just embracing what's right in front of my face yeah and and he's and he's doing that or he's done that well he's doing it he's I think that he's kind of expanding all the time as he's as he's remembering and discovering he's got though he's got the concentric circles you can go and sit within those he's got an organite cave you go and sit in that like organ we know is very powerful and he's measuring the energy using the system called the bovis barometer you can actually measure scientifically where the energy is, how it moves, depending on where you are, and document it. So, you know, we talk about, oh, wow, that's a really high energy, and we just go with that feeling. But he's actually got, like, a chart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you want to talk around. about the bovis rating? Because that was, I found that fascinating, Julia. Yeah, yes. 
So uh, I'll just uh, or the other thing I want to mention is around his signage around the park blew me away. Like he's actually got signs up saying, "This is we are creating an oasis, and it's a place of soul food." And so it's about connecting with your electromagnetic field. And then you have a sign up was showing out um, the layers of the energetic body on these signs. Fantastic. And then he's showing, and then the next one, showing how your energy will relate to a tree, for instance. This to me is the divine masculine, the divine man in his power, in energy and in feelings and using his intuition. More power to him. <laughs> More power to him. Didn't you say that when you met him, you, you felt like you were calling him... Um, oh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. And then when you came back and you Googled him, apparently everyone calls him Indiana Jones. The Bosnian Indiana Jones. The Bosnian Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting. And so he's, he's written a lot of books and he, he's invested all his own money. Like he's funding this himself. He, he is. So the other thing I just want to quickly mention is about the water there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was mentioning about the river and it flows underneath the pyramids and underneath these tunnels and obviously the whole land there is receiving this energy from these pyramids because it's sending the energy down into the crystalline grid. So that energy is being distributed around the planet and actually while I was there with the 130 people, uh, about half of us were grid workers, as it turned out, and we did four major activations there. So the first one was on this man-made hill called Tumulus and we opened up the land to shifting and then we went up on the Pyramid of the Moon and we reconnected the Divine Feminine and opened up the Pyramid of the Moon, which is the Feminine. It's huge energy there. And then as we went round the Pyramid of the Sun, we opened up it, uh, its energy capacity. So we had actually gauged it was operating at about 30%. But by the time we finished, it was up at around 70% and opened the Stargate there. And so I'd be really interested to know how this energy now, obviously a lot more is going to be feeding into the grid, into the ley line system. How this is, how is humanity going to respond? Because over the coming months, and we were in this amazing passageway right now, you know, with that full moon and the solstice, and then we've got the Lion's Gate, and then we've got this massive eclipse happening in August. All this is happening in this time frame and I feel like the whole planet is going through a gateway itself. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty intense. My guides put it like this, hold on to your hats, kids. Oh, no. It's going to be a big one. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. And so, oh, that's what I was talking about, the waters. And Dr. Sam has heard about the work of Dr. Emoto. You know how he photographed the crystals? Yeah. And so he sent away that water to be photographed as a crystal and it came back in the sacred geometry. And so in my opinion, it's locked in that energy. It's the imprinting like a homeopathic of the healing, regenerating qualities within the water. And so he's tapped that water and you can drink the water all around the park and he sells the water and so you can fill up your drinking bottle and just drink and you're actually cleansing your cells and detoxing, in my opinion, and replacing that memory within the waters of your own body mm-hmm. with this healing energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because what we're 70% water of our bodies, right. something like that. I don't know, I've heard a few ratios, 70, 80, 60, something like that. It depends but, on how hydrated you are. Yeah. <laughs> but when there's a lot of water to us, we're fluid beings. <laughs> we're fluid beings. And we're fluid beings. Yeah. 
There was something about the bovine frequency that you were talking about and you gave some statistics to it. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. The bovis system. Bova, is it? It's bovis, B-O-V-I-S. So not to six and a half thousand is like a negative energy. It's life detracting. And so we don't actually really have much of that energy present on the planet, but that's obviously had a scale and that's a scale. So most places around the earth are between 7,000 and 18,000 bovis. And then at six and a half thousand, that's neutral. And so what the way he explained it to me, which is what I'm, I'm telling you, is that is the colour red. And so even... Eight and a half thousand bovis frequencies or is, points is, or whatever. Is yeah, is, on, is in the red spectrum. Frequency, right. And so instantly, because I work with colour, mm-hmm. so I work with sound and I work with colour and I work with energy, mm. once you bring in colour, I'm thinking he is now starting to understand how you work with colour and that frequency. I'm just going, like, this guy is just unbelievable. Like, he's just putting it all up there on these boards as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, between 7,000 and 18,000, it's around the planet, depending on if you're in a vortex or you're just in a normal area. So it's going to vary. But once you get above that, you start getting into healing energy. And so what he's done is in these tunnels in particular, he's put up signs of the bovis reading so one spot, which is actually in a photo I'll send you, it's at 21,000 bovis. And he's then going, but I've got other areas which hit 40,000 bovis. Wow. And so this is when he started realising, I have to start to scientifically document how this high energy is interacting with people's energy fields and permeating. So he knows it permeates from the outside in and what's the physical outcomes from that. And so he's got signs up all around as you walk through the tunnels and he's got meditation benches. You can sit and in these alcoves and you can sit there and meditate for as long as you want. You can sit with these pods with the crystals. He's wanting this to be an opening for people and he's wanting to be transparent about it. He's just being honest and saying, this is just what I've found right now. To me, that is true science. You're not saying it's fixed. Yeah. This is a work in progress. So how do you measure the bovis? They've got a device. It's a device. Yes, it's a device. Mm -hmm. And what was your experience of those frequencies as an intuitive, as an energy grid worker? That's a really good question. What did you feel, experience, apart from getting sick beforehand? Yeah, that's right. Well, luckily someone sorted me out on that and they gave me a little bit of a dust down and... um, which turned into an initiation, which was like quite big. But anyway, you're right to ask that question because I still had stuff going on in my field because I was going through a transition. So stuff is leaving as stuff is coming in. And so I was sitting in those tunnels and because we're still in meditation and we're not moving all the time, I had the time to be in stillness and just look into my field. And what I was seeing was um, the grey that was leaving was just shredding and dissolving and would just leave the field. And so we went and spent an hour in there every day consecutively for five days. And by the end of the week, I felt my energy just felt so clear and light. They're the words really that come to mind and I felt really healthy. And how did it change you physically? Did you find that you had different appetite, like you didn't want to eat certain foods or did you, you know, like did you feel more flexible? How was the physical manifestation of the energy shift? 
You know, they talk about walking with a light step. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, how, yeah. It's almost like a bubble. Not like meditating. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. We, we climbed some seriously steep places. Like yeah. just to get to the base of the Pyramid of the Sun was 220 steps straight up a 51-degree yeah. incline. Uh-huh. And then I climbed to the top of two pyramids in one day and we were walking at least six kilometres a day. So it was very physical. But I never felt exhausted. Right. I just felt really fulfilled. And, and you didn't feel stiff or achy? No. And were you fit before you went? Not really. <laughs> like, do you go to the gym and work out? I work out once a week. That's <laughs> better than me. <laughs> and I, I might walk. And yeah. I think about going to yoga. <laughs> I think about it a lot too. I know. I think oh, it's so nice. It feels really good to go and do that. <laughs> Maybe I think, well, I just got it, so I don't need to go. I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I need to think about it and it's done. <laughs> it's done. That's right. So, yeah. yeah, so you didn't, yeah, that's interesting. Now, and the other thing I want to share with you, the yeah. other half of our group was a group of Indians, a, an Indian guru. I know, I want to get to that because this is too <laughs> synchronistic. But I want to ask just about your daughter. How did she experience yeah. the frequencies and the energies? Well, now, she's like in her early 20s. She's a yeah. So she's in a significant year of 22. Yeah. You know it's the master yeah. number. Right. And she's feeling at a crossroads and she knows basically she's got like me (laughs) and she could actually open into a lot more of the energetic side of things. And this is, I have to say, I have been a bit of the mum and trying to not force it or anything but suggesting, you know, you might want to go and do a couple of little courses and see what happens. But anyway, we can't tell them. They've got to work it out for themselves. That's right. But she, she got there and she definitely felt the energy. She's very elemental and her energy is very fine. She's one of these, she's, she, she was born an indigo. Yeah. And actually while she was there, one of the people in my group told her she's a crystal child. Yeah. And so she's very fine energy and she really picks up on things straight away. But see, she, because of the uni thing, she still goes into the left side. So this is, juggling thing going on she hasn't quite permeated and settled into what how that's organically going to work for her in a flow mm-hmm. and um but when we were sitting and meditating she would feel um either a color and she actually sees numbers in colors so mm-hmm. they've all got their own color right. but she was annoyed at the same time because she wanted to have an epiphany of her like her life path <laughs> so we had a bit of it all happening but the thing that was um, taking her there is she has had these fears of, that she needed to transcend of being totally 100% independent and in your power. And she was feeling a bit afraid of what, that, what does that mean. And she, I feel one of them was about being, it felt very alone. And so after that week there, we actually went to Paris because the various different reasons she had to do with life um, past life stuff for, for both of us but she actually speaks French and hadn't speak, spoken it for five years and she just started speaking fluently wow she just took the map mm-hmm. and said, started bossing me around basically saying well, this is what we're doing and I thought wow my job's done <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I was I was hoping would happen is that these um, little obstacles that were uh, fears which just went yeah and so, um, 
And she felt more self-assured and yes. more in her power and, yes. and more certain about her life path and not yes. even like, what am I supposed to do with my yeah. life? Too yeah. much in the future and not in the now, you mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying to her, look, we're here now. Like, let's just do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all going to work itself out. You're like, exactly. like, you know. And so that's what's happened. Beautiful. So to me it's all perfect. And, you know, we can put a lot of expectation on what we should be being revealed. Yeah. And sometimes it's just the incremental steps and the revealing will continue, mm-hmm. you know, six months later even. Beautiful. You know, you hear all these spiritual teachers and new age hippies talking about being the now, being the now, being the now. Most people have not got a clue how to do that. Yes. You know, they think they're in the now and they're so worried about the future or, you know, upset about the past or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like these frequencies just like, I don't know, put you there, like put you in well, the... Well, one thing for me I think I notice, and particularly in her, it's about owning your package mm-hmm. right now. So we're meant to have a bit of everything. It's how it works coming to earth. Mm. It's just now at the moment it's a bit in our face because we're in the shedding phase. as we Transitioning move, phase. Transitioning phase, yeah. that's right. And so, you know, some of these feelings coming up are full on. Yeah. All, all just overrun you. And you forget sometimes, even though we've been trained in this, like don't take it personally, it's just coming up. Yeah. And just exactly. hold it in the love. Yeah, exactly. And just acknowledge and, and own it. Yeah. And w- rather we still get a bit overrun by it, you know, it's this mastery. But love it. Like, thanks for the ride, anger. Thanks for the ride, frustration. It's been really fun playing with you, but, you know, I'm moving on now. Yeah. Like, not to resist it, like, not to heal it or fix it. Just, like, yeah. thank it. Thanks for right. Because it showed us a lot about ourselves. And also the other thing I had a realisation about, because in the moments where I was thinking, I, actually, I've had enough, you know, I just, I need a break. And I would then realise as we move up in our frequency and we move away from the pretty dense state of pure anger, for instance, mm-hmm. that we will lose that contrast. So it's we may still have some anger there, but it's not going to be nearly as, full-on or reactive where we actually go and some people take action on that anger that's inappropriate or whatever those experiences will not be available to us yeah exactly and so i'm starting to actually do a a mind flip on appreciate it yeah because it's leaving and that then that's it yeah you know and obviously we move on to other you know, I think that we're so used to this environment, the 3D environment, where we've got that critical mind trying to work things out, you know, that yeah. sort of sleuth, like not knowing and then having to figure it out so that we find the answer and all that's very delicious and addictive and stuff like that. But yeah. when we move past that, I think a lot of people don't understand what there is to experience if they're not experiencing this reality, if they're not experiencing the play of opposites, you know, the fight. Mm. Because even inside the spiritual community, there's still this big conversation about the good versus the bad, the light versus the dark, you know, like it's a big conversation. So if we're not fighting some enemy, what is left to do? I think that most people can't see past that. If they're not fighting an illness or having a fight with their partner or the, you know, the person that thinks differently, the different religious person, the different ethnic person, if if there's not this polarity of bumping up against opposites, what is left to do? But 
oh boy, is there stuff to do? There's yeah, a lot of stuff to do. And look, this, you know, playing with sound and frequency and yeah. and molding energy and creating with your energy and flying around the universe and talking to you know different beings and seeing the way they live and it's yeah. like you know going around the world and seeing the way different cultures live is fascinating. Yeah. But imagine flying around the universe and seeing the way different worlds live i know how much to do and this is the other thing is that you know as the veil thins which is happening and we start seeing more of other beings in other dimensions or whatever it may be we have to understand and this was a real revelation for me is like they're not coming to us we're going into their world and you know to me i just started we've got to be very respectful of that yeah you know it's you know, people who, there are factions in the, around the world very concerned about, you know, disclosure and who's going to turn up here. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the other way. They must be having to prepare for us turning up on their doorstep because look at what's happening here. Yeah, we're, we're literally lifting into their frequency and as yes. we lift into their frequency, yes. our apparatus that lets us perceive frequency because mm. these eyes and ears are just structures that perceive frequency, they'll expand and we'll perceive different frequency, like we'll see them. But yeah. we're, as you say, we're coming to them rather than because yes. I think that a lot of, off-world beings don't show themselves because they don't want to lower dense in their vibration so that we can physically see them because that Mm -hmm. it's a bit like a spirit can do that too they can sort of turn up as a ghost but they have to really lower their frequency for our eyes to actually perceive them so it's it's a little difficult for them Mm. yes it is a little difficult it's painful it's painful for them (laughs) it's probably painful yuck back to these this group that was at the um oh, yeah. was, because this was fascinating because when I went over to see Peter and the pyramids in Bali when was I there at the end of last year I met the same mob so tell me about it oh that's right I think you mentioned it to me so I turned up and I did not know that this man was coming who's Patrigy is that how you say it I don't know <laughs> India, who's got this uh, like a, a big following. Huge. He teaches his particular mission is to teach meditation and about he's really into pyramids. Pyramid meditation, yeah. Yeah, pyramid meditation. So yeah. he brought this group of about 60 Indians to the pyramids. So we sort of joined forces, our group, the Earth Grid people, sort of joined forces with this Indian group into pyramids and um this guy has Pyramid Foundation, as you know, and they've built 10,000 pyramids all over India. I'd had no idea this had happened. Like, where's that on the news? Yeah, I know. Oh. Was just, it was like when I met him in Bali, I had no idea. Because some of the pyramids are massive. 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 They can sit like 10,000 people to, for meditation. Yeah. And they're putting them over their food that they're growing in the garden. They're putting them on the roofs of their houses, over community centres and Oh, I was just going, this is awesome. Awesome. I know. He's a funny guy. Yeah. I had a funny experience because when I was in Bali, Peter said, you know, I've got this group that have come to see the pyramids. They've come all the way from India. They've got this organisation. They've built pyramids all over the world and they've come to check out my pyramids. pyramids. Mm. And um, 
they're cooking lunch and they're having a big feast, come and join us. So I went there and, you know, they were doing the whole Indian food, hot and spicy. It was so spicy I could hardly eat any of it, but it was fun. <laughs> and then we had this meditation in the sun period and activated the sun period. And it was uh, the guru's birthday. And they were all swooning around him and massaging. He had five people massaging him, massaging yeah. his feet and her neck. And, <laughs> and I was sort of sitting there as a Western girl sort of watching this with my critical mind thinking, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> Not in that era anymore. <laughs> but at the same time I kept thinking, you know what, they come from India. They have a different culture. It's yeah, like it's so different. Their food is different. The way they eat is different. Everything's yeah. different. It's like it's the yeah. spice of life. Just the fact that they're all massaging him and, and bowing to the guru and all that. It's like yeah. what they do, you know. It's their well, the other thing I noticed is two things. One is these Indians are 100% committed. Yeah. Like I really honoured their commitment. They were very pure in their hearts around this commitment to their practice and to their divinity and with him, he actually is very galactically connected. Is he? He's very, because something happened. There was a little story here. We we're in the tunnels. My daughter and I got separated because we were put into groups of 30 into these alcoves that, that would seat 30 people. Well, we came out. It's dusk. The bus is waiting. My daughter does not appear and doesn't appear and I'm waiting and kind of what, what's going on, start asking around. And I just kept getting, check the tunnels. Like, where else could they be? Hello. You know, it's a tiny town. And we're sort of out of the town. And in the end, it was found out that one group were forgotten and they turned the lights out and locked the gate for the end of the day, leaving 30 people locked up in the tunnels. Oh, my God. But anyway, it's all fine because he came, Patrick, came to me the next day and for some reason, he one day he decided to start holding my hand all the time. <laughs> he come and just stand next to me and just hold my hand. And I'm going. <laughs> and then he came to me. He said it happened for a reason because they all, everyone in that group, I got a message from my galactic counterparts saying they had a lesson to learn. Oh, he said that to you, did he? Yes, he said that to me. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly I realized, hmm, lot going on with you. And he was happy to share that with the Indians and they just gobble it up. Yeah, yeah. And so what did your daughter experience when she was locked in the tunnel? Well, it unlocked her Was she, hmm, it unlocked her throat? Yeah. So she, like a lot of women, the thing is about the throat, about speaking our truth and Mm -hmm. what our needs are and all that stuff. And she came out and she was pretty angry. And usually she is a suppressor. Right. And so she went, she actually went up to, oh, I've lost you again. Um, she went up to one of the organisers and said, you know, that was it totally, she spoke her truth. Right. She just spoke her truth. And she wasn't particularly actually angry with them. She was a, probably a little feisty. Yeah. But she made really clear that should never have happened because where was the head count? Yeah. And so, look, you know, all these places have their learning curves. Like, it wasn't a problem. I, I, it was fine. I knew it was going to be fun. I'm just never once worried about it because I, I just thought, well, what, what could have happened? Nothing. It's just they need to work it out. That's all. But um, she was sitting in that amazing frequency. What did you say? It was like 21 bovis. 21,000 bovis. 21,000 bovis. And so, I don't know what everyone else's unlocking was, but everyone had a unique thing within them that needed to be unlocked. 
And, you know, so it's... So what did your guide say about the galactic connection and who built the pyramids and what they were for, those specific ones? Because you spoke about that briefly. The other oh, night. yes. Well, I sat... For the talk at the Academy of Light, I sat um, and really sort of tuned in. I hadn't actually really thought about it too much. The halls of the mentee thing was enough for me at that stage. Right. And so... Um, I was really more working with that and the frequency of the regeneration and the healing and where was that energy flowing out from the Bosnian pyramids, like where, what was the ley lines, where was it going? I was sort of quite into that and also these activations that we were doing, which is we were doing our purpose. So when I came home, I thought, oh, that the apex must be pointing somewhere. And um, this was one thing I noticed. Dr. Samir hadn't really looked at the astrology side of it so much. He, he didn't talk about that so much, a little bit, but not too much. But we all know that the Giza ones, it's about Orion and the yeah. and all that stuff. So I knew it had to be point. Where's that information going? And so I sat in meditation um, asking for that information. And what I got was Andromeda. Uh-huh. And the Andromedans had worked with... Atlantean beings, maybe some others, I don't know, who, like you were mentioning, that there were many people around at that time, um, into where to build it and why to build it there and what, what was the land offering. So this is when I worked out because I thought a lot about the words we had opened a stargate. See, I knew it was a portal to a mentee, but where was the stargate going? That's where I started. That was my question. And I got Andromeda. I just kept getting Andromeda and I kept checking it over and over because I sort of felt a little bit nervous, you know, how bright is that and all that sort of stuff started, left brain stuff started happening, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I thought, no. You. So they started saying, shut up. <laughs> about the wisdom because, you know, they're bringing in unique flavours from hang where on one, they're connected. Hang on one sec. I'm just... What I was saying is... Um, when I was at the Bosnian Pyramids, I knew that it was a portal to the halls of Amenti, which is an interdimensional place within the earth. And I also realised that we had opened a stargate, or not I, the group I was with, had opened a, a stargate through a number of activations we'd been doing with the land. And so when I came home, I wanted to work out, like, well, where's the stargate to? It's obviously going to be connecting to a galactic system that is working, that we're connected to here. And so I, when I tuned in, I just kept getting it's Andromeda, Andromeda, Andromeda. And I'm going, are you sure? Can you just check that again? And I just kept it, it's Andromeda. And it's about bringing through the frequency of wisdom. So they're, um, they're sort of renowned for being very wise. And so this is the other flavour, working with regeneration, the halls of Amenti. And the halls of Amenti also is all about creation. So if you combine creation with wisdom, I think that's a pretty, like, good combination. So it sort of makes sense to me. But since um, I gave that talk, the other place I've heard that it's connected to is Alderbaran. And Alderbaran is the place of, like, basically the God source. So it's a direct connection to to source or the galactic centre. And so I'm finding it very interesting that we've opened this stargate and powered up this frequency, uh, the frequency of these pyramids to 70%, like raising it from 30%, right at this time of this passageway. Like everything's divine timing. 
Yeah. You know, enough of us are, we've now got a critical mass on the planet of enough awake people that could, A, handle that energy and that we're emitting out, I'm getting shivers on this, we're emitting our own frequency, which we've been, all been working on our raising our vibration. It's impacting everyone around us, the knock-on effect of the domino effect, as we have so many of us now who are, have done enough of the shedding and the awakening and the reactivations and the DNA repair and activations and awakening our gifts that we, it's now the divine timing is perfect. And we're in this passageway of celestial events from that full moon through to this eclipse in August where it's all this, it's going to get ramped up. And this is what I feel, you know, when you've got an energy of healing and regeneration with wisdom being fed through the grid, yeah, and everyone who you know, walks on the earth, which is everybody, they're going to be receiving this frequency. It's just going to accelerate. Well, it's going to accelerate the chaos, but it's also going to accelerate. Okay. Yeah, so what does it mean? What does it mean for people watching? Like, What does it mean for humanity? So it's going to accelerate the chaos because it's going to amplify. Accelerate everyone's evolution. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to amplify the polarity, basically. Yeah. Going to yes, amplify the, what I feel. the fight. So if you've got fighting you, even if it's, um, I've been listening to a lot of cosmic disclosure, and yeah, there's a lot of people right. talking about, you know, we've got to fight the reptilians and the Illuminati and the cabal. You know, like there's this fight going on. So the fight outside yourself is a representation of the fight inside yeah, yourself. Yeah. So it's make peace with exactly. all of that. Yeah, it is, and this is why I feel that for those of us, because we're all at different stages of our um, transmutation and, and transformation, you know, as we go, go deeper into the bottom of the barrel within ourselves, like it's denser and it's more compacted, it's older, those of us who are in this wave, you know, because we're all just in waves of kickoff basically you know who's going to wake up when this is my theory and so there are those of us in this band who um and we're all at sort of different stages we're not all at the same stage within the band and then you have the next wave will wake up and then we're here to assist them and so then you get this you know will grow across the planet but for those of us in this wave and we've sort of been through a lot of you know, the transmutation, the transformation of all our density, the negative stuff within ourselves as it rises. Well, it's getting so heavy duty now. This is why I feel it's reflected on the outside. This is what we're perceiving as we're seeing it all around us. And so it's just rising in the collective for transmutation and transformation. And humanity are, are constantly being faced with the choice. Are you prepared to put up with this? What are you prepared to do to change? You know, all those sort of quite fundamental questions it's just constantly on the table yes exactly so, you know it filters upwards through to the leaders yeah exactly the more the contrast becomes exaggerated the more people look to find a different way of living and a different way yeah. of being in the world you know when the stress level gets so bad that you just say i've got to do something what will i do i'll meditate you know i've got a friend i interviewed him tom cronin who was a a broker, a very successful one. He was handsome, delicious personality, and he loved the he loved the thrill of the chase and the money and everything like this. And he worked really hard, and he enjoyed his life. But the stress levels got so much that he just got really sick. And the doctors mm -hmm. just said, "You're going to have to be on drugs for the rest of your life." And he's like, "This no. isn't going to happen. Uh, this, no, no, I'm sorry, this isn't going to happen." And so 
something came around, someone asked him to meditate and he found that meditating healed him very quickly of this incurable illness that the doctor said, you're going to be on the drugs. And he, so his mission is to inspire a billion people to meditate. That's his mission. So he has a business for doing that. Yeah. And I go and have a look at the people that are watching the interview I had with him. It's a fascinating story. He was the Gordon Gecko of Australia, you know. Yeah, sounds like it. But at some point your stress levels just they just push you in another direction. You they think do. that you're doing what you love and, yeah. yeah, the fight just becomes too painful. Yeah, the yeah, fight, the struggle, the strife, and, and the, the, know, the knowledge you need to change becomes greater than the fear of doing it. That's right. And, so, and then they, they, they take action. So but That's so interesting what you said. I'm just going to introduce Kristen. She's come online to, um, she's part of our Inner Sanctum group. I think she's the only one that took up the invitation. I invited people to come and meet Julia and uh, to ask questions. Hi, Kristen. Yeah. She's in Hello. Her and I think that what you said was so poignant about the people that have awakened are there for the people who are awakening. So yeah. there's this, you know, this domino effect, like, I woke up when I was probably in my, I was a teenager, but I'm watching people wake up, you know, people that have been in corporate for 30 years. So how long ago, Kristen, did you start asking questions thinking, "Uh uh-uh, something's going on I need to look at? It's been about two, maybe three years before I really have decided to open myself up to more things and shed some old beliefs that have been holding me back. Yeah. And now things are just happening. But I, I had a comment I wanted to say about the collective. So um, I, where I work, I sell shirts for this corporation that I work for. I do a bunch of other things, but I run their little shirt store so people can walk around with branded things. Yeah. And in the last year, this is so minute, but I made the connection in the last year, the color purple sells out over black, over gray. And I was in a class about um, chakras and colors and, you know, you know, getting in tune. And she says, purple is the color of healing and forgiveness. And I mean, men and women come and buy purple all the time. Mm. And I've started to see purple everywhere. And I know that sounds really silly, but it's a connection I've made that that's why everybody's, I just feel like as a whole, we are trying to work through a huge healing process yeah. as a planet. Yeah. You know, we've, we've messed up, you know. So I, that's I just a yeah. funny little no, correlation perfect. I've seen. Perfect example. Perfect example. I don't think we've messed up at all. A lot of people talk about, you know, how the Illuminati... <laughs> this is a slave planet and all this sort of stuff goes on. But I don't think it's a mess up. It was designed. It was orchestrated. We came, We chose to be a part of the game. We chose all of it. We chose the constriction. We chose to come into that denseness. We said, I'm up for that. I'm going to experience that. And, and we also yeah. chose to be here during this time of transition. Yeah. We said, and most of us that are here that I speak to, well, all of the people that I speak to said, I'm going to come and I'm going to be an orchestrator or a helper within 
the transition. So I'm going to help others transition. I'm going to be a way show. I'm going to show them. I'm going to go through my journey. Then I'm going to wake up and then I'm going to help others. And they're always the people I attract. I call them the difference makers. Some people call them the light workers. Doesn't really matter what you call them. But mm. uh, and and some people, you know, came in awake, and some people are waking up now. Yeah, it's just. But that's so important that you know, as you awaken, then you're there to help others on their journey because the journey can be confusing and traumatic, and even those DNA activations can be painful. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. You don't really know what you've signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening. But the other thing I just wanted to follow on with your comment, because I totally agree with you about it was all meant to be. It's just we've been through the stage of judging judgment of if it's right or it's wrong. And we're moving out of that now and it just is what it is. And that, mm. that's the experience. Mm. And, but when we signed up to come to earth, we knew it was the earth school. We knew it was tough. And we, but we knew that the benefits would be, we we're fast tracking, you know, that what we needed to learn or expand into or what, whatever that checklist right. is. And so this is the offering in return to signing up. Mm. Uh, you know and particularly in these times like to be alive in these times is just such an honor it is it is it really is absolutely right so we've been discussing the bosnian pyramids did you do any because i know Kristen hasn't been privy to the conversation we had before did you do any research on them and have any questions for julia about them you know i was very excited to hear about um you doing an interview with julia and talking about them i I read an article on like Coast to Coast AM's website three or four years ago about them and um, just thought it was fascinating and then everything went away and, you know, it was hard to find any information. And so I kind of had forgotten about them, but every once in a while I would think about them. Um, And so I would love to, you know, I can't wait to hear the rest of the interview, but um, I just, I just think it's fascinating, you know, what are they and, why are they so huge? <laughs> That's a good question. Why? Wow, and they're there's and they're and they're so so ancient. I went to see a speaker, Karen Newell. She's Eben Alexander's partner, the one who wrote uh, Proof of Heaven. Proof of Heaven, yeah. And um, she's actually into a lot of um, ancient yeah. Um she's really fascinating, actually. And um, she made a comment that she said we used to know more than we do now. and I really believe that you know there was so much more we used to be in tune with yeah so I I would love to just know more about these pyramids and what they found out in recent years he started digging I think two years after he uh got permission or decided to actually investigate it like like you say they're massive size like you can't waste your resources just picking any old place so it took him a long time to work strategically out where am I going to start? And he actually started with 17 different spots. And, you know, you're crossing your fingers, I suppose. Like he had some of the imagery to work with and some of the outlines probably would have been a little bit of a hint, start here, start there, or, you know, um, some of the pyramid science around what makes a pyramid might have, because they face due north, maybe the door is in the certain side of the pyramid, who knows. But um, he started digging and he did find the concrete blocks and he knew, knows they're concrete because he sends away samples to all around the world to laboratories to have it verify what is material. 
So he knows that it's man-made. And then he found these tunnels that I was just uh, talking about earlier, which um, were built later than the pyramids, which you can sit in and it's very high energy and it's very regenerating and healing. And so he's been focusing more his resources on excavating in these tunnels because he's seeing that they're the draw card for people because they can do something there. But also he's finding the artefacts in these tunnels, like he's found a number of different things in these tunnels. So there's an incentive to keep going. And his theory is these tunnels are heading in the direction of the pyramid may come up underneath and inside the pyramid. So he's thinking, well, I might find the door just through the tunnels. And so that's his strategy. And the other thing I know he's become aware of is this is a lifelong project. It will go way past his lifetime. Mm. He's going to have to hand this over to someone else at some point in time and because there are so many of them. So I've actually had people say to me, why hasn't he cleared the land off the pyramids? <laughs> it's so big. How long has the land been growing on the pyramids? Oh, for exactly 30,000 like years? What do they yeah. say? <laughs> and I think it's a 51-degree slope. Like it's really steep. And so, you know, this is when you start realising the magnitude of the project. Mm. And he's just got to, put, to do the smart game and, and um, even just funding it. You know, he's on that, that um, treadmill of bringing in money to keep paying the people to do it and he travels a lot so he's not there a lot of the time and he's got to write his books and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's, a, it's an ongoing process. So we're, we're right in the thick of it now of where you can go and visit there and enjoy yourself in the parkland he's created and enjoy some of the um, energy things he's put into this park. You can go and sit in the tunnels to do the therapeutic stuff on yourself and you can climb the, climb the pyramids to the top. And to me, like, this is why I think a lot of people are starting to go there now. Like, even the town's geared up to the numbers. Yeah. It's become like a tourist place where yeah. Yeah, the hotels springing up and restaurants yeah. and all that sort of thing. That's good for yeah. the economy of the area, really. Well, it is. And look, you know, we know Bosnia and that region went through a terrible time with um, you know, that war that happened about yeah. 20 years ago. And like, they're really still getting over that. So it's actually perfect for them. This um, pyramid is now being fired up is the energy it's outputting because it's on that too that density within the populations in that region so i have a question yeah do we believe that there are more of these pyramids of of this scale elsewhere on the planet well my belief is yes and even now i'm just getting antarctica yeah just keep getting antarctica exactly There are bigger ones in Antarctica. That's what I got when you said this is this is the biggest that has been discovered yet. But there are bigger yes. ones in Antarctica under yes. the snow. Oh gosh! If you watch that by cosmic disclosure thing, you know there's like there's so much going on, on this planet that we have no idea no about idea. in the mainstream. There's like whole cities yeah. that live under the earth and under the ice, and yeah. there's. Yeah, there's pyramids under the sea. Like there's a huge one off yeah. the coast of Japan. So even under the water, there's massive pyramids, and it's just not on the news. It's just not on the news. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we should have a channel called the Real News. <laughs> well, there 
are plenty of channels like that, mm. actually. I was talking to Kevin Moore from The Moore Show recently and he was saying that one of his dreams is to have a positive news station yeah. that... Um, that it's not just about positive news, but uh, about raising your vibration with the stories. Yeah. They raise your vibration, yeah. which is actually how why I started the radio show, that I wanted to pump out more positive vibes on radio because radio tends to be about gossip predominantly, you know, yeah. celebrity gossip and music. Music's good. And then you've got the news, which is always bad news. So you're not getting a lot of positive vibes coming out of your radio except for a few good songs. But, positive um, news is a choice. Yeah. So it's just not on at 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't so, know what I'm looking for. So, the be- you know, the beings, whoever, the galactic beings or the human beings or the whoever beings who built the pyramids, the pyramids are specifically a portal, a stargate. They're an amplifier of energy. Is that is yeah. the, they're an amplifier of energy. Yeah. Of the energy. That's right. And the particular type of I woke up to, to the story of, you know, vortexes have their own theme. So the earth, it's just like our own chakra system, it's bringing in the chi energy for specific purposes and the colours that can tell you the information about your certain chakras and what what they're doing. And I feel it's the same with the earth's chakras and also these structures that have been built, and they've been built for a particular purpose. Like even now I'm just getting about Thoth. Mm -hmm. So we know that Thoth went to Egypt and he established a lot of the Atlantean ways and, uh, um, you know, the pyramids were built and he was one of the ones that accessed the halls of Amenti for this regeneration. And so it's a portal to Amenti too. But I kept getting, well, he would have been going to the Bosnian pyramids. It's not that far. Well, they were going around the planet. They had amazing technology to move around. Exactly. So he, he would have been going there to regenerate. And they have like, stargates. Like the stargate thing is a real phenomena. You know, we have all this high sci-fi movies that show us yeah. things that are actually real phenomena. But yeah. you have to change your frequency in order to experience it. You can't live inside yeah. 3D consciousness which means I hate you I don't like you critical thinking it has to be this oneness you know it's all vibration it has to be a oneness frequency which so many people don't understand the connection between all this sci-fi talk and this whole raising of consciousness but when that's right when you raise your vibe when you accentuate the positive there's so much more fun things available to you when you're in a different frequency yeah you know you can can take your consciousness over to the other side of the world you can remote view you can do all sorts of fun things you can literally walk through a stargate with your physical body and you know be propelled into another part of the galaxy or another part of the earth or oh my god there's so many fun things to do in our future i tell you with this shift (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the thing, and because we're on an incremental journey, the soul journey, and the soul wants to experience every step fully, you know, we have this beautiful taste of the openings. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm finding it's like a smorgasbord now of every day and every now moment where, wow, what's today going to bring? You know, oh, I just had a random thought drop in, like then you can explore that and, you know, even just you talking about, um, you know, moving around, which is what Master Yeshua mastered is bilocating and all that. Like it starts with, you know, oh, I just, 
you know how you have the phone ring and you just were thinking about that person it's sort of like a telepathy thing going on you know more of that's how I feel the opening is going to happen you know and a lot more people are going to start getting messages as well yeah just and they think it's their intuition but actually their their psychic knowings are opening up and their connections to their angels and their guides just a lot more clear but they label it something else yeah. So I've seen it with people talking about how they're perceiving what's happening to them. And I'm going, oh, if it was me, I would I would terminology it this. Yeah. Just around how I've learned what my language is. So the awareness of these pyramids, activating the awareness within the third dimensional consciousness is bringing the reality of the amplification of the energy of the planet really because you know there's you know you have to be aware of something it has like Wayne Dyer famously said or I think he got it from someone you'll see it when you believe it not Mm. I'll believe it when I see it because in order to experience a, a phenomena in order to experience something in this reality or in any reality you have to have a an and at least an awareness of it it has to be sort of in your field. Mm. So the awareness of these pyramids is, you know, even just being on mainstream news, even people debunking it and saying, ah, oh, this is the crazy hippies, they think it's, it's just a mountain. But it's creating <laughs> awareness, right? Yes. Just putting that awareness into that, the, that mass consciousness. That's mm. actually doing a lot. It's yeah, it is doing a lot. It's raising the topic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's awareness. It's just yeah. awareness. And it's yeah. changing the history books, which people are vehemently trying to hold on to. No, yes. it can't because, you know, humans only came to the planet X amount of years ago and this was built before then, so it can't be real. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as um, time passes, people like Dr. Samir, who's working really hard at these pyramids and others doing other work, like the guy in um, Bali with his pyramids, you know, so much information is going to be available. It will be undeniable. Yeah. And, and the, so we, can't, we can't forget the Indians. The, uh, yeah, the Indians. Kristen, we were saying that when I was in Bali last year, I went to visit Peter McIntosh who built a couple of sound pyramids called the Pyramids of Chi. There was a group of Indians there that had come to see them that have this huge organisation in India. They build pyramids. Did you say they had built 10,000 pyramids? Yeah, some of them. Some of them. I can't imagine all of them are big. Maybe some are small, but uh, some of them you can fit five or ten thousand people in there. And um, wow! And and like Julia said, why wasn't that on the news? Because these massive structures—they are buildings. You know, they're not made out of stone. They're made out of glass or or fiberglass or brick or whatever. I was googling them online and checking them out the other day, and. They don't have the same sort of geometric configuration as the, like they've just got right. one pyramid. They haven't got the sun and then the moon pyramid and then yeah, like that's right. it's one so pyramid. It's not, that, there's like the configuration of the Giza pyramids is in alignment with the stars of Orion, you know, anyway. So these are just sort of purpose-built pyramids to amplify energy, to meditate in, to amplify energy out into yeah. the cosmos. But they're not sort of aligned with the planet no, like it's not the a, ones, I don't think they have a galactic purpose yeah like the ones that were built the ancient ones they're all sort of so you also said that that he thinks there's 11 pyramids 
around the yeah. pyramids. Well, that's it. His um, aerial survey with the technology that sees into the land has shown him there are 11 pyramids. Mm. And so I uh, then started thinking about the number 11 as being a, a master number and it's a masculine to me, a masculine number. And I thought, well, why, why would they put 11 there? Like nothing is d- done with no purpose. Mm. And obviously to me, well, maybe it's obvious, I don't know, but they all have a particular role and where they're placed is significant. So the, the pyramid of the moon is being placed, it's very close to the pyramid of the sun, but the sun casts the shadow completely over the pyramid of the moon at the summer solstice. Yeah. And so he was aware of the celestial um, connection and role of these pyramids, which was uh, under the pyramid criteria of what makes a pyramid. That is one of them. It's what's the sun doing at certain times of the year and what's the shadow it's casting, all that, that sort of thing. So I just felt that the land there is very feminine. And so then with the number 11, you're bringing in an anchoring in a masculine energy. So then you can start getting, I don't know, some sort of balance and harmony happening between the feminine and the masculine. Um, even some of the pyramids that he's named, he's got the pyramid of the sun, the moon, the pyramid of love, and then the pyramid of the dragon and a temple of Mother Earth. And so even the way they've been named, is I felt, well, he had that feminine side with the love and then with the dragon, that's elemental to me. So then you get this thing happening with the land and it's activating this particular energy to be active in that area. And this is what I feel is happening. So all of this is still unfolding. It's it's yeah. really fun, actually. Do you want to go, Kristen? Uh, yeah, I should probably go. <laughs> I don't want to, but I, I have an appointment, so. Oh, okay. No, no, I, mean, I mean go to the pyramids with I meant. <laughs> oh, no, I want to go to the pyramids so bad. I'm sitting here. While you're talking, like, how do I get to Bosnia? How do I get that energy? I mean, I want to just go sit in those tunnels and drink in what you did. Well, I want to say something about biolocation, which we've been talking about, because it it is fun to go there, but, like, you don't need to physically go there to go there. Like, just sit in meditation and go there. Like, just with your intention, when you sit in meditation, you say, okay, I want to experience the frequency inside the tunnels in the Bosnian. Like, just ask. Because Julia was saying that her awakening process at the beginning of the interview was her asking a question like, how is it possible that we are all one? And then she had this like, you know. Yeah. Wow. You asked. (laughs) Ask ask and you shall receive. It's law. It's called law. It's a law. Right. Ask and you shall receive. It's the law of attraction. It's, but, you know, when you do it with intent and when you do it without any attachment to actually it turning up. So when it's something like um, I'm just going to sit in meditation and have fun and, you know, just have a good time, there's no, it has to happen, you know, there's no resistance. You just ask, you sit, you ask, just wait and see what happens and just, yeah, like go there. So, so have you gone then that way? I haven't. I haven't. I've been, <laughs> I'm going to do it after this because um, I've been in the. I can't wait time. to hear. I was listening to Julia the other night, then today, and I was googling them. But um, no, that just came to me then. <laughs> that was me channeling, basically. So I'm, I'm going to. Tr- I'm going to try it then. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, if you just get um, a photo, even that helps you to tune in, right? And invite in to connect with that energy. 
So, um, yeah, and then you might get um, a little vision board going, buying a ticket <laughs> and going there that yourself. That would be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if Once you there, it's actually quite cheap. And if you're meant to go there physically, <laughs> it'll all unfold. You know, put the intention out there. Be not attached to it being a have to. Put it out there and uh, let it unfold. Yeah. yeah. If you need to be there physically. If it's meant to happen, it happens. So exactly. It does. <laughs> I can attest to that. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, Kristen. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I can't wait to hear the rest of the interview. So, <sighs> so nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and you guys day. have a lovely day. I'm going to have a lovely evening. So, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us before you go about <gasps> them or about you? About me? The only other thing I can tell you about the pyramids, and this is quite interesting, is uh, Dr. Samir worked out that with landscapes, a normal landscape, the energy runs horizontally like this. But when you have a pyramid structure, the energy goes up like this, and he has photographed this. This is one of the photographs in his park. And so this once again demonstrates to me how conscious he is and, and he wants to know more. He, like, he's thirsty, mm. thirsty for the information and what's going on. He wants to piece together exactly what's going on. And I, a part of me sort of feels that he can sense he has a role in getting Bosnia going, like as a country, as a people, giving them back their purpose and a sense of well-being and um, belief in themselves after this traumatic experience with those wars that they had. You know, the people were very excited. Even the government was very excited that they had something. Mm-hmm. You know, like Egypt has the pyramids. They had pyramids. And while they sort of have moved away from that now, that thought process, because due to various, um, you know, they've, they've got a lot of stuff still unravelling in, in Bosnia, like in many other countries, like with how the government's operating and, and all that sort of thing. They've hit um, brick walls with other archaeological associations and that sort of thing. But... Uh, I just think, you know, he's really um, using every tool available to himself to prove something is happening here. Mm. And, you know, we were just talking before about the 400,000 people a year coming. You know, you've got all walks of life coming. People from their lounge rooms are coming. You know, it's not even just energy workers or people into um, history or our ancient artefacts. People just go because they're drawn to go. Yeah. And so this is how we know we can gauge the awakening is happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's been so beautiful to talk with you today, Julia. Thanks. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so Thanks much for having had me. <laughs> and um, do you want to tell people who are listening on audio your website? Yes. Well, currently my website is um, www innertranquility.com.au but I am just in the process of transferring over um, all my work under just my name which will be juliasmith.com.au so hoping that'll be up and running in the next month or two and it'll have everything I'm doing with my transformational energetic work and my earth grid um, work that I'm doing with the crystalline grid on the planet so have and also with my harp my crystal harp so I've got a number of things going on which is why I've decided to make this change beautiful thanks so much for being on the show honey thank you so much. many <laughs> blessings to all things and to you thank you thanks a lot bye for now bye 
And remember, if you'd like to join us in the Inner Sanctum, I say this every time we finish a show, but I'm going to say it again, come on in. It's for, I call it deliberate creation for the New World Teachers, and I offer a couple of webinars a month. One, I have a guest, a guest teacher that comes on, people I've spoken to on the show that you can ask questions. Our next guest teacher is Mary Rodwell, who has regressed over 3,500 people back to their galactic roots. She wrote a book about it called The New Human. It's fascinating. She's our next guest. And then we also have uh, seminars where I teach deliberate creation. I teach you how to raise your vibe, change, shift your frequency, accentuate the positive, be the deliberate creator we came to be. And also we do things like this. You can I get to invite the people in the Inner Sanctum to come on and meet some of the guests that I interview for ATP Media. So join us if you feel like that's something that you wish to do. Thanks for listening again. Catch you next time. Bye for now. Check out my website, karenswain.com, for any readings and teachings available about spiritual, deliberate creation for the change makers, difference makers, and disruptors. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.